Good evening and welcome to Valley of Graces, Healing Our Brokenness. Today we're on episode seven and it's called The Benefits of Suffering. Suffering is definitely not something that any of us would sign up for. As a matter of fact, as Christians, we would skip it all together. When people are suffering, we want to turn our heads or pretend that the suffering is not taking place for fear that we would have to live out scripture by, quotes, bearing their burdens. It makes us uncomfortable. The truth of the matter is that we are also secretly hoping that we are not going to have to go through the same things that that individual is going through. If only but it isn't a part of life. If suffering didn't exist, number one, we wouldn't be convicted to come out of our sin. Number two, we would think that somehow we are special or deserve to be put on a pedestal, even with knowing that this is why Jesus' death on the cross was a must, because we're too broken to pass the test on our own. And number three, we would get caught up in the eat, drink, and be merry and feel that we don't need God if there was no suffering that existed. Although suffering is a hard concept and even harder to go through, there are benefits to suffering. Number one, God is always in the midst of suffering. Number two, God comforts us when we are suffering. Number three, we are able to live more wholehearted lives because of suffering. Number four, we are walking away with the package deal when it comes to suffering. And number five, God uses the comfort that he comforts us with in our suffering to comfort others. So we're going to tackle number one, God is in the midst of suffering. After Joseph was thrown in a pit, his brothers sold him as a slave. Even though Joseph was a slave, it was apparent that God was there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household 
and he entrusted his care to everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. And what I just read came from Genesis 39, 1 through 6. Starting in the spring, I had a series of trials that unfolded that I was in no way prepared to handle. Instead of waiting for the trial to begin, God allowed me to feel his presence from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet a week before the trials began. This lasted a good four to five hours. A few days after the trial started unfolding, I heard a message by Dr. Henry Cloud at another church. His first point for dealing with the trial was, remember that God is there before you do anything else. God knew that I needed that. The second thing that we're going to dissect is God comforts us when we are suffering. When I lived at my last place of residence, I worked in a toxic environment and this took place for nine months. My PTSD was out of control because of the warfare that I was dealing with. And midway through those nine months, my health started to fail. I was tempted to quit. However, because I wasn't get paid, getting paid rather, all of the support money that I should have been receiving, I felt trapped. I kept working. My physical condition was so bad that I should have been hospitalized to get my thyroid and adrenal glands under control. But I kept working. My thyroid levels went up and down. The doctor had to continuously change the doses, take me off of the dosage, put me back on. And the same thing kept happening. I got to the point where my levels were 50 times the norm. I knew the alternative to the situation that I was in was being hospitalized in order to get my body up to speed. However, I would have to face placing my kids back into a situation that initiated the trauma in the first place. When I got let go from this job, I knew that it was God's mercy. Almost the whole company had conspired to get rid of me. Instead of telling me that I wasn't a good fit, they had to make it look otherwise. God revealed to me that along with the discrimination that occurred is that my position was the scapegoat position for the company in general. He also revealed to me how they were going to go about firing me. Because of my physical condition deteriorating at the time and my whole body being out of whack and wrecked with trauma, I started having severe panic attacks. One night it was so bad that I thought I was about to die. My blood pressure was up. The adrenaline from the panic attack surged through my body. My arms were stiff as a board from the trauma. 
I had the sensation of vision of being able to black out. It was about three something in the morning. I awoke my son telling him that I wondered if I needed to go to the ER. He was half asleep and he told me I would be fine as he muttered him back to sleep. And he said, I should just go back to sleep myself. But the problem was that I couldn't go back to sleep. I walked downstairs and at, this was around about the height of the attack, praying and laying hands on myself. I drank some water, maybe it might've been three, four cups at this point. And then I went back upstairs to lay down in bed. My heart was revved up and then it started skipping beats. I kept thinking this is the end for sure. As I sat on my bed, crisscrossed, I prayed. I could feel God's presence. His way of comforting me was using my way of feeling closest to him, which was worship songs. He placed a song into my head and I hung on for dear life, praying for the sweet sleep that he promises us in Proverbs 3. This is a poem entitled Midnight Furnace and Midnight Furnace is actually a poem that I wrote to describe what I went through with this ordeal. I called you and you answered right during my night of pain. You pulled me out of the fire, then the fire turned to rain. Not knowing that I survived this, I prayed for you to deliver. You told me to keep closed fist, bended knees with all considered. I feel your spirit run through me. A song comes into my head. My child, you are protected. Rest easy and go back to bed. Number three that we're going to dissect is we're able to live more wholeheartedly lives, more wholehearted lives because of suffering. Okay, so I'm going to repeat that again because I got a little tongue tied on that one. We are able to live more wholehearted lives because of suffering. It sounds counterintuitive, but research shows avoiding suffering by stuffing, numbing, and getting involved in addictions also eliminates the fullness of joy that we are allowed to feel. Number four, we are walking away with a package deal when it comes to suffering. James 1, 2 through 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And then number five is that God uses the comfort that he comforts us with in our suffering to comfort others. In 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 11, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, 
It is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received a sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us again. As you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious flavor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Paul didn't try to hide his emotional and mental state. He used it to show the Corinthians that he too was struggling and that God was comforting him so that he could comfort the Corinthians. He didn't try to sugarcoat anything. I feel that when it comes to my life, there hasn't been one table that has been left unturned when it comes to trials and suffering, homelessness, divorce, PTSD, emotional abuse, and ongoing financial struggles are just a few. However, God has used these trials so that I can minister to people in general and particularly women who are going through the same thing. Other women have inspired me by telling me how God has comforted them in their struggles. It lets me know that I too can endure and persevere. If it's not us that we need to hear God's comfort for, then it could be for our kids, it could be for our family members, and even our friends. Hearing God's personal comfort in someone else's life might be just what we need to hold on to our anchor for hope. Because of living with and healing from trauma on a daily basis, I can so relate to Paul. And that is in 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, 6 to 10 verses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain so no one would think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me and torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. But my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and in hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. Thank you, and I hope that everyone has a blessed night in the Lord. There's no sense in trying to do it on my own. He 
for me 